0: Yeah, right now it's gonna record my bowel
1: sounds. Not sure, sir. So. Three,
0: two, one. Right. <clears throat> what is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of. I've oh, it, the hip campus. <laughs> 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 Making it the reload, podcast. Reload,
1: reload, reload. Yo, guys, welcome back to another episode of Making It Podcast. I am Sugar. I'm Vessel. And we are just out here trying to make stuff whilst doing full time jobs as doctors. Mm. So we're coming up to the end of the first season. Woohoo! Consistency! It's,
0: a, it's, a bit, it's taken a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been like within like what, two, three months?
1: Yeah, but I'm glad that we got here. we have done all right. Yeah. Um, and I think today we're just going to talk about stuff that we were not in our real time um, and also just touch up on the big topic of monetization, mm. um, and kind of just explore, you know, is it something that is absolutely essential when you are creating? Um, and is it the main reason why people often create these days? Yeah. And also, we're going to talk about Thessal's current new ventures, which is exciting. I feel like but I'm also, in the hot seat today, yeah. Before we start, happy birthday! Oh, thank you. He is 46 years old.
0: Thank you very much. 45, actually. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so... I wanted to start off with congratulating you on starting up your new... How would you describe it? Medical education platform.
0: Yeah, okay. That, yeah.
1: It's called Hippocampus. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't have, like, a medical background, it's actually a really clever name and I absolutely love it. So, Hippocampus is an area in your brain. It's an anatomical structure in the brain, which Tell is them. responsible for... Is it memory?
0: Yeah, yeah, short-term memory, yeah.
1: Yeah, so memory... Um, but also, it's also like a play on the word, like hippocampus. When you think of the word campus, yeah. it is like an area which you learn stuff, mm. where you find other people who help you learn stuff. It's an entire university campus. Yeah. So I feel like hippocampus is like this online educational campus mm-hmm. where you're bringing medical education yeah. accessible to not just medics, but to the public.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, well, you you knew about the name way before pretty much everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's just like, and also our little mascot is a little hippo. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that just like, it's like a hippo at campus sort of trying to replicate some sort of like online medical school in some sense. Like Mm. that's kind of feeling I wanted to kind of give out. So hopefully we'll work our way towards people seeing that as our brand.
1: Mm. Okay, so let's like rewind into way, way before you actually started. It's only been a couple of weeks since you like released videos and stuff on Instagram, TikTok. Um, and also youtube mm-hmm. so why did you want to start this and what was going through your brain when you sat in your bedroom and you thought i want to create this
0: so like the, i think the idea for it kind of came about like literally about four or five years ago like this was a long time ago um so
1: you would have been a medical student then right
0: oh well, yeah i was like t- towards the end of med school and i was like i knew that i love to teach mm-hmm. i love medical education i love the idea of making something online where like I would somehow play a part in me- medical education or education in general. Mm. And obviously when you're when you're teaching something, you're obviously going to teach something that you, you're you good at or you know. And it just so happens that, you know, I felt like I could maybe make an impact in some way or another mm-hmm. to like, you know, the world of medical education. And sometimes I don't know, like if other like founders or like people do the same thing is that like I come up with just names. And once I, I see a name, I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe I should make an idea of it. Um, and I had the the domain the hippocampus mm. for like quite a while but I and I knew I kind of knew what I wanted to make out of it because obviously like like I said the clue is um in the name that you're sort of creating like an online medical school sort of thing mm. but at the time I was sort of juggling loads of other sort of interests and ideas and I was like I don't want to create something just for the sake of it especially like in, you know in the last couple of years I realized that you have to if, I, if I'm going to put my mind to right. something It's got to be something that I'm willing to kind of like fail at or willing to kind of, you know, go through a lot of, you know, ups and downs for like three to five years at at the least. Like I shouldn't expect immediate success. Mm. Um, And so it took me some time to sort of come to the point where I was like, you know, what, okay, from a business perspective, this is sort of where I'd like to focus my energy.
1: So is it because it's also kind of combining your full-time career in medicine? So it kind of just feels like it's a bit more sustainable at the same time yeah. and also e- like you said even if things don't go in the way you hope it to go mm. the process of you actually having a reason to make medical educational content which you can then actually reuse for other things even if this doesn't go in the direction you want right
0: yeah yeah so it was like it was quite kind of like a nice culmination of like the things that like i'm kind of good at or like mm. i spend most of my time doing so number one is being a doctor <laughs> obviously yeah, i've spent all this time sort of Crewing all this knowledge mm-hmm. and I like teaching as well so kind of you know even just teaching alone even if it's just one-on-one or just a yeah. hospital or giving a lecture or something I really enjoy that um, and thirdly was this whole idea of creating like cr- making packaging that into a nice kind of like videos or audio visual content um, and so I thought that would be s- such a nice mix of all those three things mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where I could see myself doing it for for the near future for like yeah. three to five years, even if I didn't really see results. Mm. Um, I thought that you know I'd be benefiting people by teaching them. yeah, um, I could maybe hopefully make it sustainable by making it a sort of a business and maybe ho- hopefully bring in like paid products and services down online, which could you know maybe s- sustain mm. sort of uh, my other interests or just the business itself. So yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of thinking and like thought processes yeah. that went behind um you know behind the
1: scenes before i started okay so i'm going to be a bit of a devil's advocate here Mm -hmm. so um and i think it's probably a question that anyone would always get asked when they're starting something new especially in this obviously like ever since covid has happened i think the public are more cautious and also more curious in wanting to know more about their own body Mm. just because i think during covid everyone just seemed to feel a bit helpless and Lack and had lack of control in knowing how can they make themselves safe from this new virus, right? So I think obviously we've definitely seen the rise in people googling things and trying to find resources in their own time. Mm. And again, non-medical background mainly i'm thinking, okay, right, like what is this? What are these symptoms? And I think also just the way the habits are built in this country, especially in the UK, where, for example. I think traditionally, instead of just calling 999, if you feel like you are really, really ill, but don't think you need an ambulance, you then call 111. Mm. And actually, if you go on 111 online, you're self-triaging, right? So then you're describing your symptoms. You're then trying to find out, you know, what what are the possible causes of the symptom? And it's pretty much the same mind frame as doctors, Mm. right? So then now we've seen, since this whole kind of post-COVID generation, we've now seen that more doctors and more health professionals have realised that the first place that people try to find answers for is online. Mm. So actually, if we can try and combat misinformation, yeah. we should also go online yeah. and be like, right, now that you're here on Google search, click on me first yeah. because I'm a health professional. Yeah, yeah. And so the information that we can give you is probably more reliable than if it was mm. on like some weird Reddit forum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. So now that there is a whole rise in, especially new junior doctors yeah. who are creating an online presence, what kind of sets hippocampus apart? And do you think hippocampus is filling a gap, if so, which gap?
0: Yeah, so there's so many different ways to look at it. Number one is, like, you're right, that there's a growing trend of people wanting to know more about their own sort of body. They want a bit more control over their own health. They don't like the idea that, um, like, they have to be sort of that medical education is sort of gatekept by institutions or doctors, mm. and especially like, I mean, we see this in literally in our friendship groups, in our families, yeah. where some people they they don't really know why they're taking their tablets, they don't really know how you know they haven't they've never been explained their condition very well. So they'll screenshot well.
1: their prescription and send it over to it's, you. Yeah, you know what uh, I mean. I yeah. think,
0: like, there's there's so many there's so many things about their health that they don't yeah. understand, and I think unless you know. A, doctor personally or you have a really good doctor or someone in the your family who can explain what's going on the average person doesn't really know much about their own health or their health conditions right Mm -mm. um and so that's one thing that's like like a growing like growing trend there's also a lot of people who want to you know for like you know they're introducing tech so that you can monitor your own health your you know ecg on your apple watch you've got you know they want to check their fat percentage they want to um measure you know the sleeping sleep cycles and things like that so there's a lot of things going on where people are trying to a
1: lot of monitoring
0: yeah a lot of Mm. monitoring and that obviously means that you want to do something with the information anyway so that's one thing the second thing is that you obviously have to create something which sets yourself apart which is obviously true with anything that you make online um it has to have sort of a unique proposition yeah and i would say the hippocampus is so i think we're very very mission driven and the mission is essentially to, one, uh, inspire, uh, like the youth to become doctors and to create more future doctors, and I'll I'll jump into that in just a second. And the second one is to like 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 we said earlier to inspire the public, okay. or sorry to educate the public, about their own health conditions. Okay. So the first one was um, to create future doctors. Now, why would you want to do that? Don't okay. you think
1: there's enough doctors? No. Okay. Isn't medical school competitive enough?
0: Yeah. No. As in like. Obviously, there's there's a lot of doctors, but at the same time, we need a lot of doctors. We need actually more. We need a lot of
1: doctors that that stick to being a doctor for a longer time than now.
0: I I feel like we kind of got to start from the the roots because
1: Mm.
0: I think when I think back to when I was sort of in secondary school and I was sort of applying for, you know, medicine and things, you think, what would pull me into medical school? And... If you think about it there's not much like besides like watching a tv show like scrubs or
1: yeah
0: or uh, with a house or anything like you that you don't get
1: much insight do you yeah you
0: don't get much insight no. and you you're, you're really <laughs> just going through word of mouth through like the older generations of what it's like to be in that career or what society thinks of a doctor in general but we don't really know much about what it consists of mm-hmm. and so it's kind of dangerous later on for people to figure it out while sitting in the midst of it mm. so you've got a lot of people falling out of love with medicine Finding out it's not it's for them. it's not as
1: what they hoped it to be. Exactly. All of that stuff, yeah. And
0: and imagine, like, how many people we could have caught with a net who, you know, um, who would have maybe liked to do medicine mm. or or maybe they just thought that they just it wasn't for them because they couldn't get the grades or something like that. Mm. When in reality, we both know that, you know, like, if somebody really wants to do it, it's not always just about getting the grades. It's, a, it's about a lot more exactly. than that. Like, there's a lot more than just being books that makes a good doctor yeah and so my my thing was to sort of create that co- sort of content that the youth will consume that the public will consume and think not only okay wow this is like sort of educating me on these very important conditions for to help me to help my family just or just um you know just give me better knowledge in general but also if the youth are watching it and they're they're seeing okay this sounds pretty interesting they might choose to do to study medicine because of the content that they've that, they, that they've seen yeah and i say or vice versa they might just say you know what doesn't sound like that's for me mm. and that's both in like both of those reasons are important like you kind of want to mm. you want people to realize what the reality of it is early on and give them accurate representation yeah. so that they can make an informed decision um and i think not only will that sort of find the people who are kind of almost destined Mm. to be doctors but also to kind of tell other people that you know what maybe it might not be for you and that's they're both okay and i think that's a very important thing that we need to sort of address Mm. um in regards to sort of the sort of pop culture or the sort of general understanding that people have of medicine
1: yeah definitely Um, um yeah, and make- one thing I've just realized is if you guys haven't checked out Hippocampus yet, it's hippocampus.tv. Right. The, the Hippocampus.tv, um, yeah. And he's released loads and loads of um 60 second reels. So explaining a lot of like common conditions that you can come across um and explaining like the symptoms in 60 seconds and essentially why you get those symptoms. Mm. Um and one thing I realised is like I think not only are you then trying to essentially make medicine more transparent for those who are interested mm. is you're also kind of helping them to think in that mind frame that you are supposed to when you are a doctor, which yeah. is the kind of thing, for example, when you start medical school, obviously it's all theory. You want to learn the the bread and butter of why things happen and why they work the way they work. But actually the, one of the main reasons that a lot of people do struggle in medicine is that when you're then applying it into the workplace, it's not theory it's a lot of what we call clinical application so for example like you're not going to come across you know a certain cell in the body at work and then yeah. trying to figure out what's wrong what you come across is is a human being yeah. who's saying this and the, this is how i feel and this is what's wrong with me what could it be yeah. so i think in those 60 second videos that you've released mm-hmm. you're instantly presenting the public with this is a person who's feeling like this. Have you ever wondered why that could be? Yeah. Here are the potential reasons why. Mm. I think from a if, if, for example, I was a 14-year-old who came across hippocampus and mm. I enjoyed that content and I followed hippocampus up until the age of 17 when I'm thinking that maybe medicine is for me, I would have spent a good five years yeah. thinking in that mind frame of how to approach a patient and yeah. how to figure why... How
0: to think like a doctor. Yeah, how to think yeah. like a
1: doctor. And yeah. I think that is probably the main reason why... If someone was to follow hippocampus from an early age yeah. they would probably really excel in medical school but also have a greater chance at being able to cope with the job yeah. because they're already familiar with what they would be presented with yeah
0: 100 yeah, percent. so not yeah not only like the sort of superficial kind of um approaches to sort of obviously educate them on mm. common conditions concepts um but also just like you said to get them to think like a doctor to make them think okay this sounds pretty interesting like okay you've got a 60 second quiz what does this look like? You know, you intrigue them, you make them think for themselves, and then you kind of like you you go back to first principles. Like, there's a, there's so much you could talk about about any condition. I mean, you can go on. You can there's like ten hour lectures you could probably give yeah. on any specific condition, but to condense an entire like condition, for example, in sixty seconds, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot you have to leave out. So then you have to really focus on what am I going to keep in.
1: But then you build the curiosity to be like if if I if I stuck around for 60 seconds knowing about a certain condition Mm. then it builds my curiosity to be like okay this is actually really cool so let me dig deeper or having that interest that I actually want to know more about this yeah 100% clever thank you so that was one goal of Hiva Campus that
0: that was one goal yeah and the second one was um, so we sort of touched on it already which was to I mean it's really to do with just educating the public because Mm -hmm. like like we said it, it just feels like I feel it's it's an inevitable thing that we sort of um, democratize like medical education. Yeah. Like right now, it feels like it's gatekeeped by medical institutions. Like we kind of say, listen, if you're not a doctor, just like don't don't Google anything. Just leave it to us.
1: Yeah.
0: And to a large extent, obviously that that is a, a sort of you know is, as a rough rule. That's okay. Mm. That's fine. But at some point, if this is like we we can't underestimate how smart people in society are yeah
1: exactly like the for general sure. public
0: like some a lot of people are, are obviously v- majority of people are probably smart enough to understand the basics we mm. should be educating them it should yeah. be like a it should be like a public health initiative sort of thing to be like everyone should know just yeah. like how we try to explain um how to pick up a science science for stroke for example exactly it, it should be almost common knowledge yeah um or like you know how we try to encourage people to learn about cpr things like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think they, there's so much room to sort of innovate and disrupt in both not only that sort of area but also with regards to getting kids interested in medicine um in making them realize is it right for you and just kind of of giving a taste of something like you know of medicine Mm. um so two were those were the two overarching aims and i think coming back to that original reason why i sort of chose the name which was like it like the kind of overarching not overarching but kind, kind of like the vision for the future would be to create some sort of maybe unofficial online medical school, yeah, which is sort of for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't have to necessarily, you know, pay, have, a qualification pay big, or, have a qualification or yeah. have fees, but it could be, um, you know, something where the public just look at because we're speaking in a language that they mm. can understand. you know, um, we're breaking things down into simple concepts so that they can understand it. Um, and also for people who maybe just want to get a, see what medical school is like, yeah. they just go online and and like there's um yeah there's um there's a lot of like there's a big like there's a big uh there's a lot of topics uh, sorry a lot of conversations going around about how much we actually gain from medical school itself and mm. how much uh, like external resources or online resources these sort of independent sort of institutions or companies actually contribute towards our like medical Um, training. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, when we were at med school, we we would subscribe to certain question banks, textbooks, resources. And the question is, how much can, how much can you sort of almost outsource your learning? Not outsource it, but seek it outside of where you're supposed to learn it. And I personally believe that you could pretty much get almost all your theory just from online, like without actually having to go to med school. I mean, you got to obviously apply and be present there and see patients and things. But if that is a possibility that you can, you know, ha- have that sort of thing online where, you know, you, you basically learn everything you need to learn, then the like it would be cool for the hippocampus to sort of aspire to kind of fill that role in the future. Yeah. And so that's sort of like the, you know, five year vision kind of thing.
1: Yeah. That's great, actually. Um, and I think touching up on, I mean, This is a whole other conversation, and it's out of the realms of this podcast. About you know, is medical school like is it really needed in terms of (laughs) being a good doctor and whatnot? Yeah, just gonna ignore that. (laughs) Yeah, he just he just feels water, guys. Um, Got a bit too excited, by hippocampus. (laughs) Um, But I think you are right that i think it's not just in medicine but generally speaking i think the attitude towards higher education and university has changed a lot mm. because now we're seeing that a lot more vocational approaches have shown a greater success and success yeah. meaning that it's taken less number of years when you go when you take a vocational approach in going into a career or going into a job with a high paying salary yeah. and then we kind of think okay you know is university really the best course of action and i think with medicine it's always traditionally it's always been kind of Academic grades driven, yeah, and that always cuts a lot of people off from an early age. Because then, for example, if you're in you know year nine, and you're taking your your Sats, and I think they use I don't think they in GCSEs they use letters anymore. They use like numbers. Numbers. The like level yeah, nine yeah. being like oh A star star yeah, star or whatever, yeah. but you know. If you were in GCSE level and let's say you didn't get, you know, straight A's and stuff, then you instantly think medicine is a write off. Right. And then you've obviously got that pressure in A level to get the three A's. If you don't, then not only do you think medicine is not for you, you think that you are not clever enough to be a doctor. And I see this in so many people. And actually, like a best doctor isn't just about the grades like we know, it is about. Understanding people, understanding symptoms, Mm. and like I said, like if resources like hippocampus can really break it down into very simple language, yeah, then it can help them realize that actually, it's it's not as it's not as hard as people think. It is it's just a lot of work, and I think the nature of the job is just very intense. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. it's also kind of like um, the other thing I forgot to mention was that. In terms of, like, trying to disrupt medical education or Mm. trying to disrupt, like, as opposed to all the other things already out there where you can learn um, about medicine. We mentioned that, obviously, you want to learn from a sort of trusted source, right? And there are some, like, really great, like, sources out there where you can get, like, information and stuff. Yeah. But not all of them distribute their sort of, like, content or knowledge in a way that's sort of accessible for people or it's entertaining,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or, like, you know, it's sort of directed towards a certain demographic. Like, yeah. for example, if, if you were, like, a 15-year-old kid right now and you'd be on Instagram or TikTok, what would, you lear- what would you learn about medicine? It's probably either whatever ad agencies are trying to push to you. Yeah. Or gurus trying to explain, oh, you know, don't do this, don't put this on your face, et etc. et cetera. Yeah. And I think it, it leaves, like, we need more people to actually, we need to compete with them. And they, they, they can, like, you know, they're entertaining. They've got, they know how to make good content. And so if we're leaving it to them to sort of dictate what people should understand about medicine, common mm. health issues, then we're in, a, we're in a kind of, like, really bad position, right? Yeah. But so we have to actually in, also encourage our medical educators who are, like, trusted professionals mm. to how to interact with the youth, how to find where they are, go where they are.
1: Yeah. And
0: then, you know, and then sort of pull them into our world. Mm-hmm. And so... That, that was a big reason for why I sort of, you know, primarily I'm, I'm focused on like Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok yeah. to kind of like distribute this content because essentially you've got to go where they mm. already are. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like,
1: or where they're willing to, or where you see them going in the next few years. So yeah. For example, exactly, like yeah. TikTok is definitely becoming like the top social media platform. Yeah. In the next five years, probably take over, and who knows if people will still use Instagram or and whatnot. So I yeah. think it is good to then go to these platforms where you think people will use. Mm. Um, And I think generally speaking, like I have never really been against um, people in the public Googling stuff and Googling their symptoms because I want them to question stuff. I want them to critically think like, oh my God, what could this be? And actually we see so many cases of patients trying to, or or just people, you know, before arriving to A&E, trying to manage their symptoms. And it's actually been life-changing and they always think that we saved their life, And I always say, actually, no, what you did just before coming to so yeah. the hospital is that because it's actually what saved your life mm. so actually it's, it's good that people take ownership um and it's good that you know people do like actually understand that oh is this actually the right information and whatnot mm. um because i think another thing is is like a lot of people start to distrust doctors yeah um and thinking like well actually you know i've seen cases i've read about online of cases of people's own experience yeah. like so when they question doctors that helps us as well because yeah. It makes us want it to keep accountable as well, yeah yeah exactly it makes us think okay should we do some more studies and seeing if this is a new thing and whatnot yeah.
0: um i mean there's a, there's, a, there's like a fine line in like even like how, how we approach creating sort of medical content right but mm-hmm. on one hand you want to empower people to be more sort of self-conscious and understand their own health condition but yeah. at the same time you don't want them to conflate that with six years of medical experience you know what i mean it, it, yeah, it doesn't exactly, compare like exactly if somebody came in a, and said okay I, I think i'm having a heart attack or something like that you could ex- you could explain to them that i mean you do your tests and stuff like that obviously as doctors we can sort of we can filter through all the noise
1: yeah
0: sort of like a you know we've got like a, almost like an algorithm going off in our head like it's unlikely that you've probably got this but mm. once again if, if they're all only reading oh this could you know a heart attack um if you have left like you know left side chest pain you pretty much got a heart attack Then so we've got there's a big responsibility in the content that like we're creating as well, so I had to think quite deeply about that as well. Kind of like you know how do I proofread it? Um, How do I make sure that you know I'm not doing more harm than good with the content as well? Mm. Because you say one word, one one line, it could be misinterpreted. Yeah, it could be misinterpreted and you can take people the other way, and so it's a big responsibility, especially when you're condensing stuff down and you have to sort of omit certain information um so i have spent a lot of time thinking about like you know what information to make why i should still go ahead with it mm-hmm. and so yeah because
1: like, that is actually quite off-putting in terms of making content that you know that obviously the main aim is to provide value right yeah. but i think a lot of people try to choose to make content where it doesn't really need to be proofread or mm-hmm. censored or kind of advice by someone else you know yeah. very, for example if it's content that is mainly for entertainment purposes it's very easy to make and it's yeah. very is enjoyable to make in the process yeah. but i think one thing that can be off putting in terms of making you know medical content or just any educational content is that you feel this sense of responsibility yeah. online and you think what if i say something wrong and also another thing is especially when it's a topic that is always changing yeah. you know medicine we're always yeah. learning always learning so we always have to have disclaimers, you know, 10 minute worth of disclaimers saying, mm-hmm. this is literally just for educational purposes. You yeah. know, always consult with your actual, yeah. you know, not actual, but your, your, your regular oh, doctor. Yeah, 100%. Um So what still made you want to go ahead with it, knowing that you have to be really cautious with this stuff?
0: Yeah. So the thing is like, I had to remember why essentially I, w- I was going to do it. Sometimes you know that something could go wrong, but it's, it, it's still important that you still try your best to do it. Right. Yeah. And like, The risk of going kind of making small mistakes here and there doesn't outweigh the overall kind of overarching mission Mm. and sort of what what i was aiming for with this is also like makes me more uh, like uh, vulnerable to making mistakes which is that Mm -hmm. i'm specifically targeting non-medical professionals who may easily take that little snippet and misinterpret it take it out of context whereas if i was teaching medical professionals they would know that okay you don't always take everything for gospel. You you have a base understanding, so you can question things. You say, okay, that doesn't sound right. You you do more like reading or you, you research mm-hmm. more into it, right? Whereas if, if I build up trust and I say something, especially mm-hmm. down the line, people would, may take that for gospel and think, okay, th- I've trusted this person in the past. Mm-hmm. He's got the credentials. He's advertising his credentials. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a big responsibility there. But the way I thought about it was that essentially the, the type of content we're trying to make is is to try and influence sort of pop culture yeah um not pop culture sorry pop pop science mm-hmm. yeah pop, pop science basically means popular science and i wrote that like I wrote, i've only written one article for the hippocampus so far kind of explaining why the why we started the mission and, the things. Yeah. and this phrase was quite an important one because essentially when when you're trying to break down a complex uh, sort of topic or discipline to a general public
1: yeah
0: you have to speak in their language you have to kind of summarize it, summarize it down, make it more succinct, and in that process, you have to sometimes omit certain details, mm-hmm. just because it—it's almost there's no need for them to know it. Yeah. Actually, but like at their just stage, that at, present, at, yeah. at that stage. Yeah. For example, if I made a sixty-second video, but oh, technically there's three <laughs> yeah. times where this may not be the case, and t- there's exception here, yeah. exception here, they will get bored.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, number one, if they get bored and they stop listening, you 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 failed at like trying to mm-hmm. gauge them. And so you have to purposely and sort of strategically uh, leave things out yeah and that's the difficulty as well but you but like at the hippocampus we do it in a very very calculated way anything we leave out any information we leave out we 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 question does it need to be in there why mm-hmm. do we leave it out um and so we sort of um we do it in a way that we're comfortable knowing that why we why we've left certain yeah. information out because
1: and it's one of the so sorry to interrupt but is it's, right? it's one of the reasons of like you trying to filter the stuff that you leave out is the fact that or common things are common so you yeah. like to include things that you know that do happen very very commonly yeah and that actually if you leave something out it's probably because data so far shows that it doesn't really happen enough for people to yeah then, no, yeah no help, so, so like know.
0: um no even if even if we're talking about just common conditions for example yeah. if i'm explaining the treatment i may say that I, you have, you've you got to be very specific with your wording as well. So sometimes I use wording to kind of, like, almost... We say, you may be treated with this, but not everyone not will everyone, be. Not everyone, Even though it's 99%, you can't say... Because that 1% will be like, why am I getting different treatments? So you can't
1: speak for everyone. You exactly, just can't, you can't no. speak for
0: everyone. So if I say 99% of people will have this medication, and the 1% watching it, like, wait a minute, I know someone who got a different one. Shall mm. I go back to my doctor and complain? Mm. So there's a big responsibility there. So essentially, we use language very carefully, mm-hmm. but also we we have to leave things out to squeeze it within a certain time to make things edu- entertaining yeah to keep people engaged you have to omit certain information mm. and so I, I'm, I'm definitely going to write another sort of explanation of why we do so and just mm. sort of articulate it in a way that i can sort of refer people there to understand okay th- these are you know these guys are doctors and they're talking about things but they're specifically leaving that information yeah um because like if a medical professional if you were to watch some of the videos they might be like mm, I would personally have in- said yeah. this or this or this but we do we we go by our own sort of yeah. kind of uh, met- methodology mm. to to kind of ca- do everything in a very calculated way essentially. yeah
1: cool um, yeah okay so we've spoken a bit about like the aims of hippocampus and what you're essentially trying to do building up this platform so now i want to kind of move on to the process and the system that you're yeah, using. Yeah. So I think the fun this is stuff. Yeah, the, the actual real stuff. So it's, it's good that you talk about something and say, I want to do this and I want yeah. to do that, but it's another thing in actually starting it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the most difficult part. So you are currently working as a doctor. Um, so alongside of that, you know, it's, it's not as if you've got a whole team at the moment, have you? No, you've no. started Hippocampus yeah. by yourself. So it started off from a lotion spreadsheet mm-hmm. to now thinking, right, I need to actually make this content. Yeah. So I think what everyone would want to know, anyone who similar wants to start something up, is how do you start? So in terms of, do you want to just talk about the planning and then also how you actually started? So the kind of equipment and setup that you used, yeah. um, how easy was it and what made you choose that kind of setup? Because, you know, it's not as if you went to a studio and, and filmed the stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. actually from your in room, my, in
0: my room, in yeah. your bedroom.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, okay, so let's start with how like my thought processes when i was starting right so initially if you're thinking i'm thinking if i want to make this sort of um the hippocampus Mm. do i start with products do i do in-person courses do i like how do i go about it how do i want to get this information across Mm. and my like we said before like my forte is try and create entertaining content or you know engaging content at the very Mm -hmm. least um and it's difficult if you don't have a team if you don't have a budget you have to start off by doing a lot of stuff yourself but thankfully obviously i've sort of dabbled in you know website creation in social media in creating content in teaching in scripting in mm. organizing or creating systems for content so I, I i could kind of like you know i was a bit like you know one stage ahead in terms of
1: yeah because i feel like you've you've kind of you spent the last few years building up on the skills yeah that you would need to make something like this exactly, right yeah, yeah. so filmmaking videography on YouTube and then script writing mm. for your for your newsletter exactly, yeah. and then just being active on social media and understanding yeah. you know how to really get engaging so yeah, I think yeah. that's quite clever do you think that was like a tactful thing or like it was just like a very natural progression like
0: it will. uh what do you mean as in like so
1: as in like when you did start dabbling in the world of newsletter and YouTube and stuff did you ever think that this was so that you have kind of these transferable skills oh the yeah hundred percent, yeah,
0: like at any point like if i see myself as like, for example knowing how to make a website
1: mm-hmm.
0: at one point I, i'm just a bit of a nerd in that sense as well i want to learn these skills and just even familiarizing yourself with yeah. the tools even though like you don't i, I don't know how to code for example mm. but i familiarize myself with website builders where you don't need to code but it looks almost as if you know you, yeah. can, you can customize a website to look like anything yeah so I familiarize myself with those tools to be able to like you know say okay now if mm. I want to make a website down the line, um, or just know kind of what's important, what's mm, not. True. Ja- and a lot of that just comes with experience, right? Like so, for example, I didn't, I have, I've not made uh, a very kind of like polished website for the hippocampus. Yeah. It's a very simple website. It just the main aim is to have links to the different social media, mm-hmm. um, our social media handles, and also just like a sign up page to capture emails for example that's all that's all the website is Mm -hmm. the majority of the focus was on creating short form videos the reason why i chose short form is that right now a lot of the platforms youtube tiktok instagram are focused on vertical content less than one minute and they're they're sort of actively competing against each other so they're pushing out those sort of formats a bit Mm. more to people so if you want to get discovered it's actually a good place to get more reach It, it may not longevity of those videos is uh, another no, topic think, yeah um but i was like how do i get this content out quickly and like you know to a lot of people and
1: create an impression exactly focused, yeah
0: and so the idea that if i create uh, videos short form videos um if i create short form videos then i can basically repurpose it from instagram to youtube to TikTok. Yeah. without having to do any like not much extra work mm-hmm. um so and I really wanted it to be sort of media, media, media focused, essentially, because yeah. obviously you start off in my head, at, uh, what, what, how I want to approach the sort of building the campus is to create content, mm. get it distributed, build up an audience of people and then sort of serve them. And then sort of, if I want to hopefully make it like um, a sort of self-sustaining business later yeah. on, then you introduce some like paid products and services for a small percentage of whoever's mm. interested in that um but at the very least you sort of you've got the ball rolling because once you've got an audience then Mm -hmm. then you can really start having having fun with um you know experimenting with different products and services and things like that Mm. and seeing how best to serve them okay so going back to um sort of processes so
1: yeah it's definitely not an overnight process because it takes a few years to actually get the preliminary skills yeah yeah so now you've kind of got a bunch of skills that you think are all kind of complementing each other yeah you're right here right now. Yeah. You want to set it up. Okay. Next so what?
0: Next thing I was like, okay, so I need to sort of get these ideas that are flying around, put them down. So I use Notion.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: a website that obviously you're familiar with. Yeah. I've invited you to like... Yeah. Um, I'm very
1: new to Notion and I'm actually so gutted that I did not use it throughout university. I yeah. just didn't know about the I don't the think app it was very big at the university. No, I think it's and big now, now.
0: Yeah. Now it's sick, especially if, like when we're planning content, for example, so I use good. the databases. Yeah. Uh, for my weekly newsletters, for my YouTube videos. Mm. or so, I was sort of very familiar with it already. Yeah.
1: So you kind of laid it all out. Laid it all out, show. yeah. Just get yeah.
0: It, setting up a system so that like essentially everything's really streamlined. Because if you're mm. doing if you're especially when you start off yourself, you're doing everything yourself. Yeah. You you want to try and outsource or automate as much as you can. And so streamlining the process makes it really easy so that yeah. like um, do you remember I was sort of showing you like I'd make a template for the new video yeah. so that? Literally, I just duplicate it that that template so every time. It's the same I structure for
1: each video, but the actual yeah, content yeah, is Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Fine.
0: And then the same with like my thumbnails, for example, yeah. for YouTube and Instagram. Like I would use Canva to mm-hmm. make make a template. Spend some time making it look nice, and thinking, okay, all I've got to do is to just change the name here. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're working on your own, you got to, Sometimes you got to take small hits. Ideally, you'd like to make a nice thumbnail for every single video you need, blah, blah, blah. But you've got to take the small hits in order to continue to get the big wins. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the most important thing for me was to be consistent. I was like, what I'm going to do is for about six months straight, Mm -hmm. if I can try and upload daily, like, that would be, just see how how it goes. Yeah. Because once a week is good on some platforms, uploading like, twice a week, three times a week. But if you're trying to do just short form and you're trying to really rapidly, Daily is actually quite... Yeah, yeah. ideally, before. like, daily. And yeah. I've seen
1: that recently, actually. I've seen a lot of people who are posting reels daily. Yeah. Obviously, they've made, like, through batches. Yeah. And the reach has definitely, literally risen exponentially, like, more so than oh, I've yeah, ever 100%. seen in other platforms.
0: And if you, like, there's a lot of people who just do it for, like, a week, two yeah. weeks or a month just to see, like... But they will experiment. get more
1: reach than if they did once a week over, like, a couple of months.
0: Exactly. Mm. And so... It, i set myself that target to be like okay let me let, let, let me also another thing i did was i sort of scripted a bunch of the videos in advance yeah so and then i edited them in advance took my time because i hadn't even announced it to anyone yet but i was like once i start i want to hit the ground running mm. i want to have a nice like sort of buff of like a, a couple of weeks of content so that okay. in that time i can observe i can sort of take my time to sort of yeah. respond to how people are looking at it
1: mm. and
0: sort of pivot and stuff you don't yeah. want to just only have one mm-hmm. video ready for the first day and then you're nah. like oh damn i can't think now because i need to make yeah. it the next day and next day and next day yeah and i won't lie i'm kind of at, at that position now where mm. i don't have a buffer i'm kind of almost doing working on it daily okay um so it has been a, a bit of a struggle and i've missed days here and there but overall i'm sort of working towards keeping to that daily yeah.
1: routine so before on the day of actually publishing and telling the world that hey i've created this yeah what did you actually have like set up already so you have the notion, spreadsheet, the whole notion spreadsheet and just a quick summary of like in your notion spreadsheet what sort of things um did you have like covered so for anyone who wanted to start planning stuff yeah what sort of important like categories would you tell them to kind of really plan before they start so would, yeah like so
0: i would say you have one sort of page for sort of master plan um you know like your overarching you got you kind of have you can play around with your own structure but essentially this is like sort of strategy and how i want to do things and like
1: the core values and what you stand yeah for, exactly for what us. we
0: stand for maybe like who, who we're looking for blah, blah blah what the plan is down the line uh you just kind of put those ideas down because
1: all the stuff that we literally
0: yeah sort of the yeah. strategy and mm-hmm. behind the scenes stuff then you might have another page which is like a database for the actual content yeah so like to, to try and organize it the, the best you can because you don't want to be faffing around you've got to organize obviously like your hard drives and make sure that your actual content is being organized in a decent place Mm. so that you can always refer back to it. I may need to use it in the future or, you know, like open stuff up again or Mm -hmm. change something. So you you have to kind of be quite well organized from that point of view. I created a few like sort of um, graphic design, you know, like illustrations. Yeah, and was that on Canva? Um, No, so some of it was on Photoshop just to make like the logo headline. Mm. I I, I commissioned just from like Mm. uh, Fiverr or Upwork the Actual logo of the little hippo, mm. but everything else like, I just wrote around it, mm.
1: um,
0: so that it kind of looks professional, even if you so just like the
1: branding and stuff. Yeah, if just you got the yeah, mi- mi-
0: yeah, basic branding kind of like logo, a header, thing. Yeah. So put it on Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, TikTok, whatever. Come up with a few like taglines, which are like, okay, this kind of like summarizes where we're heading, yeah, where we're going, and so you prep all that, get the social media handles, get that all ready, so that once you once you start putting content down. Mm. People look at it and say, "Okay, this looks like it's all the new kind of, it's, the ball's rolling." Yeah, you know. And um, I also did uh, this thing where I I never announced it to anyone the mm. campaign that we had launched, and I had been posting daily for about ah, a week okay. and a half, Fine. so about ten videos were already up.
1: We just didn't tell like I didn't tell anyone and directly. And then
0: I int- and then I made a video and I was like, "Do you Guys, think
1: that helps? Like, what was the kind of intention, the thought
0: process, so behind that?" So it's kind of like. When when you if if you scream to the world, hey guys, I'm starting something. Yeah. You're obviously gonna get a surge of people. Cum,
1: cum, yeah. Cum and there's like nothing there. Yeah.
0: If there's nothing <laughs> there, then just like okay, cool. If they see a bunch of Just a start, hype. <laughs> exactly, and so like if they see ten videos. Yeah. They're like, okay, now yeah. I've come over here, and now there's something to see. Yeah. There's something to uh, engage in. Me watch all ten of them. Yeah. Because you may they may not care down the line, mm-hmm. but they'll be interested. You know, there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of people.
1: Yeah.
0: Sharing your stuff in the beginning, all your friends and family, whatnot. So I think that definitely helped. If I. said oh we're starting something like you get that surge but you you don't really capitalize on those like eyeballs like pointing your way Mm -hmm. um so yeah i did that and then what else i do um yeah just sort of coming up with a sort of format even like when recording like how do i want to do it i want to film it vertically um these are some of the icons like the intro outro i sort of rendered those already so I can sort of drop them in. So you
1: started creating a lot of templates is what I'm... T- yeah, I templated pretty much... Template, template, everything. template. Yeah, yeah. template, so, yeah.
0: template everything so that I don't... On the day, I don't, I don't have to kind of redo the whole process again and again. Yeah. Anything I can repeat.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so like, automate.
0: Automate, yeah, exactly. Ultimate, automate,
1: automate, automate.
0: Automate, that's Got the it. thing. Especially if you're... Like, if you're doing it alone, Yeah. it takes up a lot of time. If you're doing mm-hmm. it part-time, you know what I mean? Like, we have to save time wherever we can. Yeah. Um. Okay,
1: so... Yeah. The next part is I'm really excited to like talk about just because like when I found out, I was just like, what, like what on earth? Just yeah. because when I saw the end product and I realised how you actually filmed it, yeah. I just thought if anyone <laughs> was to watch this video, they literally would have thought that you went to a studio or had like a white screen it and everything. Like, I mean, yeah, My it's probably the best studio that I know because like the content that comes out of that studio is... I appreciate it. That's not even, I was going to say chef's kiss, but that's not even chef's kiss. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Just... Very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Yeah, so, do you want to tell people about the actual setup? Because, again, another thing that really puts people off is thinking, I need the best equipment, I need to spend a couple of grand on getting an an SLR camera, Mm. all of that, lighting, mics, all of that stuff. And then they just think, well, you know what? I, A, don't have the money for it. B, I don't have the patience in learning how to, you know, work these equipments and stuff. So how did you set up and what kind of advice would you give for anyone who may
0: not have access to those kind of equipment. Mm. So, like, yeah, there's, there's this age-old debate about, like, sh- you know, does, mm. does gear matter? And in some ways it does, in other ways it doesn't. Um, the general rule is that when you're starting, nowadays, even the cameras that we talk about, like, this conversation is not the same mm. if we had the conversation a few years ago. No. Like, nowadays the phones are just as good as exactly. mirrorless cameras. So, like, the end of debate, essentially, just, you can use an iPhone, like, we're using an iPhone to, rec- yeah. you know, record part of this as well. It is
1: much easier now, I feel like. Exactly, now yeah. that if you have an iPhone, you can literally do so much with it. Yeah, so
0: much. Even, like, um, microphone, co- obviously, audio quality. Like, yeah. If you want to invest in a good microphone or, like, you know, they're not super expensive. You might want to invest in that over a camera. Yeah. Um, But see- seeing as I already had this, all this gear already, yeah. and I wanted to make a good impression with... with Sort of how, how what I was making, mm. and I, I I already know the workflow working with the SD card is a bit easier actually for me than using like my iPhone. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just I, I made the decision to kind of think, okay, I want to kind of make this kind of almost high production quality. Yeah. Relative to kind of normal stuff you might see on TikTok and whatnot, mm. and there's ups and down. There's there's upsides and downsides with that. There's even like this kind of like theory that sometimes when people see professional grade quality and audio quality they automatically think ad yeah that's true and so like when you're scrolling through tiktok if you see kind of
1: mediocre
0: suboptimal quality you actually think okay this might be more original Mm. content um but i made the decision to be like i want to create a body of work Mm. that isn't just going to expire that can be used later down the line exactly yeah and so that was my another thing that i wanted to think because i wanted i wanted longevity for those videos it wasn't just me sort of Talking about you know here talking about latest tech and in mm. medical education, I was I'm creating summary like videos yeah. for important conditions which can be used later down the line.
1: So you had the equipment anyway from mm. doing all the YouTube stuff and just video filmmaking in general. Mm-hmm. So that was that like, one plus point, yeah. but like the one down point is is that. Because obviously the kind of, when you're making educational content, it's not as if you want to be having the same, it's not ideal to have the same setup as your personal YouTuber. It's Mm. like from your bedroom with the plant behind you and all of that stuff, right? So when Mm. it comes to educational content, you know that you are representing this educational platform. It's a bit more professional than your normal personal YouTube videos. So how did you then kind of, you know, bearing in mind, he actually still did it from his bedroom. So how did you kind of get the professional aesthetic and stuff? without uh, spending any money yeah without, without,
0: yeah without spending i mean i bought a lamp that's pretty much it yeah um I, so yeah i was thinking about it i was like do i want a kind of like whiteboard do i want a green screen behind me do i want to do it in a normal room but essentially i wanted to give the idea that this isn't i, I don't i don't want to give the impression that this is someone doing it from their room because it almost looks like a personal project like mm-hmm. i want it to be something bigger where you know we can get community involved where there's multiple people involved
1: yeah because you knew you knew from a very early point that you don't want hip campus content just to be delivered by you
0: exactly and it, and it is i don't want it to be about me i may deliver some of the education but it's about something much bigger than that yeah the mission is much bigger than a sort of personal mission
1: a community teaching a community. exactly thing,
0: yeah. and so like i didn't want it to be me in my room because i was it, people would be like okay mm. we see him doing youtube and now we see him do, in the same place doing this so yeah this is so, kind of like a personal almost like a personal brand sort of mission yeah i didn't want that so i basically just did it against my white wallpaper uh, my my white wall in the mm. back. put a little lamp behind me so that uh, mm. i mean you're kind of like you won't see the lamp the light bulb right behind took the lamp shade off but the the light bulb i, I remember doing one course where like the, like a yellow light bulb will give a nice kind of like hue hue against yeah. the wall
1: and it's not like a halo but like just yeah a, just like
0: a bit of like spices it up rather than just having you. a white yeah kind of like behind, instead of just having a plain white wall just a
1: glow yeah it's a nice glow
0: you. yeah so it almost like you see me <laughs> like
1: you're lit up
0: yeah <laughs> almost, yeah but it's a nice effect yeah. you know what i mean like and
1: when you see the videos guys you'll know what he's talking about now yeah like, you'll well, see we'll, the like, white background yeah. and you you can actually see like a little, a little yellow. glow yeah, yeah but little what glow. that then looks like in the video is it actually looks like you are in a studio like you've mm-hmm. actually got like a white screen behind you yeah and, yeah, and then I've then.
0: got like sort of um, either a bit of daylight or like an extra sort of big yeah. sort of light there. People can use like you know these little ring lights and stuff like that.
1: And what uh, do you use to record?
0: Use um, my main mirrorless camera, yeah. the zoom lens. You kind of got I zoom in so that kind of like I got the right portion. So yeah, but I want it kind of so a little something. bit out as well so that I can punch in yeah. without sort of cropping my whole body out. Um, got the mic. You know on a stand was the road mic
1: on the boom stand
0: yeah road mic on the on a boom stand so it's like just above just out of sight. Mm -hmm. so you got good good uh, audio quality um i sort of got to time it so that the rest of my family aren't aren't, like around like making lots of noise um and then i do it record it in batch so the process for like my whole scripting and writing thing is i'll spend one day kind of writing as many like of those scripts as possible i'm obviously consulting like other sort of trusted sources yeah uh you know NHS. patient. nhs.co.uk info, mm-hmm. things like that so and i'm kind of reading up about it and seeing how mm. would they explain it to patients and so i sort of amalgamate that and put my own twist on it maybe put some jokes in there yeah um, make it more engaging you've got to put a hook in the beginning you've got to sort of put an outro at the end you've got to keep it within 60 seconds You yeah uh, take all the boxes for like you know investigations treatment mm. management um
1: so you batch record and then, yeah. and you obviously wear the purple top because that's like yeah, yeah. the campus yeah, yeah, brand, isn't ca- it? Purple. Yeah. I think okay.
0: it would be nice to maybe get some like branded t-shirts or something like that. And that's actually t-shirts. quite
1: clever in the sense that that also separates you from your personal YouTube videos as well. That you mm. you're in this kind of like uniform. But I also like that it's not scrubs. You know, I yeah, like. Although
0: I thought about it, <laughs> and
1: I mean, maybe mean, kind of maybe scrubs.
0: Um, it's not a bad shot because, I mean, as bad like as, I was gonna say as bad as like have, as sometimes cringe as it is seeing. Doctors wear scrubs yeah. for like pers- just to show that, oh, I'm a doctor. In this case, it kind of gives a cue that, okay, you're right?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm just allergic to your platform. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're savage. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, so, like, if they're, what was I going to say? Like, yeah, like when you're watching a video, if you see someone with scrubs, you automatically think, okay, doctor.
1: Yeah.
0: And you kind of want, like, in this context, you kind of want them to kind of know that, okay, um, this is sort of trusted information or mm. coming from a doctor because it kind of does actually help even subconsciously yeah with like okay this is coming from a doctor because mm. i do want them to know that it's not coming from, yeah. from a random person um and yeah maybe, maybe, mm. maybe I, I think wear. that's
1: quite interesting because like i think i think you've got two types of people you've what got would you those. say would you, would you not wear on i mean the thing is i think because i They're too cool for that yeah clearly i yeah. think because i specialize in paediatrics right yeah. i see a lot more younger people yeah. than other specialties in medicine and what i found with younger people and this is, and i'm talking from 16 downwards yeah. um, is that when i so if, if so obviously at work i wear scrubs yeah. and then most of the time i have my stethoscope on other times i don't don't really need it all the time um when i don't have my stethoscope on and especially in pediatrics i i talk very differently than if i was to talk with adult patients i talk in a more kind of like a bit more playful a bit more casual because mm-hmm. you've got to build a rapport with them right Um, what I've noticed is like when you kind of like strip down the whole kind of doctor persona Mm. whether it's through taking off a stethoscope or changing the way you talk or just sitting down an eye to eye level you just kind of it just feels a little bit more kind of just approachable and so actually like I I can imagine being on the other side if I saw someone wearing scrubs I feel like A like I know you're representing the fact that you're a doctor Mm. but then I also think that a uniform isn't isn't the main kind of accreditation of being a doctor you know and actually like especially with something like hippocampus like yes you're yes you're giving education through your experience as a doctor yeah but i think the whole point of like medical medical education to the public is that hey we're not in a hospital anymore we're not in a gp anymore mm. but from another human to another human let's help each other out in me telling you information that i think yeah. that you may not be exposed to yeah um and just from another human to another human without this kind of like hierarchy or professionalism mm. in the way let's just help that's, each other out that's
0: a really good point
1: yeah you know so that's the way i kind of see it but i like the fact that. Like, purple itself, like, you know, uh, anyone who, like, kind of reads branding books and stuff, mm. like, there's also like, this colour wheel of what each colour kind of represents. And I think yeah, I purple... I just had to buy the
0: bullet. I was like, whatever purple means...
1: <laughs> I think orange it. and purple are very much, like, um, they are... Purple is known to be, like, approachable, okay. yet professional. Okay. Um, so I think people always like to use purple when they want to be midway when it comes to educational entertaining content, mm-hmm. people actually use There's purple. There's not many
0: services which are, like, no. purple. Like, normally, yeah. medical could be, like, blue. Blue. That's why
1: I would say don't use blue all the time because it just seems really, like... Yeah. It's not morbid, but just, like, oh, God, we are getting really serious yeah. I here. think
0: purple can be kind of, like, in the context of within medical education, if you're just kind of, like, purple, hippocampus, mm. you're very on-brand, it becomes almost uniquely identifiable within very that. cool. Sort of
1: Purple's very cool and contemporary. yeah, cool. yeah. 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 Yeah, my go-to are purple and orange. But anyways... Orange, I like just...
0: orange as well, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it, it's really interesting, actually, like mm. the, the the psychology behind the colours that you choose. Yeah, yeah. And it really does give a certain tone. So yeah. I think purple is a very good shout. I think I was yeah. kind of like...
0: I was kind of like... If I'm choosing Hippocampus, the two kind of inspiration for the logo would be like a hippo and even the brain. Yeah. Both were kind of like pink-purple. Yeah. Um And I was like, do I make it pink? Do I make it purple? I think purple was a bit more kind of like a, a nicer choice. Mm. Um so yeah, I wear uh, like I wear just like a very sort of Uniqlo, yeah, pink purple T-shirt. And
1: I think that's a good shout because again, it's yeah. they've got all their time in the world to always see doctors and stuff in hospitals. Mm. Sometimes when they're out and they're just on their phone, they just yeah, it can be yeah. daunting seeing people in scrubs. A lot of people actually get traumatized by yeah, the hospital that, experience. That's true. That is very you know? true. Yeah. especially young children. Like yeah. you know, I, I know kids who literally cry when they see me because I'm wearing scrubs. Mm. You know, and I'm like, hold on, it's, it's fine, but like, I can't. Should have a mask huh that's even <laughs> worse like, oh
0: my god i'll take off the FFP and <laughs> start the video it's just so
1: daunting it is really yeah, scary yeah. No, so I that's think, a good point i think as doctors we get numb to that stuff yeah you know but actually we have to remind ourselves that it's not normal to see people in scrubs all the time because yeah, you shouldn't yeah. you know touch wood if you're in good health yeah. you shouldn't need to see that all the time and if you do like that is really unfortunate but yeah. i hope you can manage yeah but
0: you the counter argument saying? to that is that like when you're when you're fighting for attention especially of the youth like you yeah. want to uh, you want them to see visual cues straight away mm-hmm. okay medic okay yeah. this is a me- like a see like if, imagine if you go to the video straight away if i was wearing scrubs they would see okay medic uh doctor or if you had a self scru- you already know something medical
1: yeah
0: either public advice or that's probably what you'd assume and then you start hearing me speak afterwards like you're, you're right if i were to do like maybe other sort of online courses or in-house kind of events there's no need to wear scrubs because people already know mm-hmm. why you're there for i completely agree with that but like say for example sometimes it's kind of like you, you, you need to know who you're targeting and like sometimes you kind of have to bite the bullet
1: like maybe down yeah. the
0: line you know i mean the if they if i've got r- regular viewers yeah once you ever like,
1: represent like um what was it once you represent yeah. it becomes after a long time you probably just don't need these don't, props probably, yeah, yeah. I, I actually see it as props yeah, and yeah i think we contradict ourselves where we're trying to get rid of the white coat era but yeah. all we're doing is we're slowly actually replacing it with another uniform.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I just don't think it's necessary. And actually, we forget was that. there something wrong
0: with the white coat era?
1: I th- Well, yeah, because you've got the white coat um, hypertension, isn't it? So when they come into, like, clinic yeah. and they see yeah. white coat, instantly the blood pressure goes up a little bit. And you're like, But oh. they would just
0: change the name to, like, Dr. Hypertension. Yeah,
1: literally. Um, I just don't think it's needed. Yeah. But each to their own, isn't it? Um, yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Like, do you always need, like, I some uniform? I thought the white coat was pretty
0: cool. Made me feel pretty cool. Only as a med student, though. <laughs> never, we you never need a lot more than a white
1: coat to be cool. Anyways.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're gunning for me today.
1: <laughs> Literally. But, um, okay, so you then started um, recording from your bedroom. Mm. You recorded it in batch. Yeah. Um, and I think the next, I think the huge chunk that people misread is the fact that it's actually the editing process. That's a yeah. lot more. So do you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so the editing is probably the longest part. Um, So right now, so the kind of like time like, the time scale to make even one video. So, say, for example, it's best to understand it. In fact, so in a day, I could probably write up to seven scripts, mm-hmm. seven videos. Mm-hmm. And that's one, that's one week in advance. So, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, that would give me a buffer for one, one week, mm-hmm. if, you know, considering that I wanted to make one one video a day. The next day, I could probably record in the morning, mm-hmm. record for one and a half hours, for example, yeah. get all those videos um, sort of recorded. And then I would have to there's a there's a lot of little things in between just putting it and start editing yeah like you you have to for example i put it through uh you know get the sd card out put it put it in the laptop open up a software get rid of uh, like cut through all the the chunk of the footage get rid of all the bad takes and then once you've got kind of like the final bit then you need to start the editing mm. you need to you know crop in right you need to get the color correct uh get the color looking okay yeah. you've got to get the audio sounding right You've got to put in the text, you've got to put in all these little fine pictures yeah. and gifs, which we use a lot mm. of. Uh, and I like that in... you
1: do like use a lot of like the memes and things. I think, yeah, it just, hopefully it just make it, more... it a bit more
0: entertaining. And they yeah. kinda of, you know make... It's
1: very Gen Z language. Yeah, Gen Z language. Yeah, it's basically. like, yeah. Oh, meme is my love language or well, meme is your medical language, that way. Yeah.
0: And sometimes like it just says some like much more than words as well. Yeah,
1: it definitely does. And it's more memorable, Yeah. Again. But yeah, it's it's clever. It's good. But
0: yeah, so but even like searching for those is a is like almost an art in itself because like say for example if you're looking for a procedure.
1: Yeah, this one. You're trying to find a mean. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to find like non copyrighted images. A meme for
1: colonoscopy. I don't even know what, yeah, what's gonna come.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like I don't. Yeah. If I type in colonoscopy, am yeah. I gonna put in the first image I see? in definitely nah, Hell much. no. Like I'm gonna. And choose... it's gotta be a
1: bit appropriate as well. You can't it's just gotta be make appropriate jokes.
0: It's gotta be yeah. Uh-huh. It's gotta be very tasteful as well. And sometimes I'm very conscious about making jokes about conditions because I'm like I don't want it to come across as if I'm making yeah. fun of the condition. Yeah, you
1: can't um,
0: have dark humor. Yeah, you can't have dark humor um because like you know it's offensive you know what i mean you gotta mm-hmm. use certain language like even recently it's gotta be
1: considerate
0: yeah exactly i was thinking literally down to the fine details of should i should i be saying diabetics or people with diabetes because there's a whole thing about that now about actually labeling people just by their like conditions yeah
1: you know what i mean
0: so little things like that
1: did you show anyone like the videos before you publish just to make sure that you're because um, i wouldn't know like like sometimes you just unknowingly yeah i feel like
0: i feel like at this point in time there's that's that's a good point because like right now i feel like we're moving too fast to get everything proofread yeah and at the same time you need to i need to run it by people probably like you mm. or other people who both know the medical side
1: yeah and the kind of the cring- pop side yeah the side.
0: pop side but also in, in somewhere in between have a sort of um, some morals you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would come to me for that I probably shouldn't go to you but as in like I try to go through the yeah. script again and think with that hat on to be like Okay, yeah. is this messed up? Yeah, am I taking it too far? Can I make a joke about this?
1: This is why medical content is actually really it's stressful. So, it's so difficult. And I respect those who do make medical content yeah, yeah. because I actually, I would only probably do a day in the life, but I feel I still don't feel confident in myself to like make medical content without realising that I might be inappropriate yeah, or yeah. not. And, and, but
0: to me, if you're doing it from a personal like yeah. side, it's actually a bit easier. Right, yeah. if you're doing it on behalf of a company, your For whole sure. brand... Will mm. be dictated by maybe someone's like, say, for example, if I hire someone to make a social media post mm. and they make a very tone- deaf post yeah. that would affect the brand
1: for sure for sure
0: if you' person, you'd be like, sorry I made a mistake. cool. you, you know people are yeah. forgiving to people they're not as forgiving sometimes to brands because mm. you'd expect you know there's there's people involved there's yeah i get into it and
1: so you've used like the word company just there yeah um so am I right in saying that you wants this to kind of expand into obviously you want to get more people on and stuff so where do you see hippocampus going in the next year and how do you actually intend on doing it so i think you know we obviously hear so much like these are my goals and Mm. stuff but i think what i want to know i think what everyone else wants to know is how do you intend on actually expanding this so what do you have a plan in place like how would you approach it because that is daunting isn't it? i do
0: i've got a plan or sort of how i would ideally like to fall you know where i would like to take things of like ideas for products and services, and sort of who who we're targeting. Not only from like a uh, from a content perspective, but also if we were to introduce paid products and services, who would we do it for? Mm -hmm. What kind of products we do? Potential
1: sponsorships
0: and yeah, yeah, all all that sort of stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, but mainly kind of like our own in-house kind of services. Like, what would, where would we take it? Where would what kind of product or service would we make to help this thing Mm -hmm. become sustainable? What would Mm -hmm. make sense given the audience that we have? And so partly i've i've planned some stuff but at the same time you i feel like you have to be kind of like be quite open ended in in the sense that sometimes what you what you intend doesn't might always not work out play.
1: might even be better exactly
0: mm. like if yeah. you think about things like instagram for example i think instagram started off as an app to h- help Furry people find and... uh, food places it was oh, actually yes, about the, you know the whole it. map and stuff like that yeah then they realized people were just using pictures to share that yeah. so you have to be willing to pivot towards whoever you know your audience and so at some stage, I don't want to just kind of like cater to whatever nah, my audience. But be
1: open at the same time. Yeah, but at
0: the same time, be open. So you've got to find that middle, you know, that balance.
1: As long as it aligns with the values of what you want hippocampus to achieve. Exactly,
0: exactly. you, you can always sort of is. expand from there. So ideally, right now, I would like for the yeah. youth to, to find, you know, to, to like the content. But it may be that I find, a, you know, a sort of content market fit with a different demographic. It may be mm-hmm. sort of the, the general public, like people above the age of 40, you just are interested in their own health. Or it might be med students who are just like, oh, you're actually explaining medical conditions really easily. Much better than my lecturer. Exactly. um, (laughs) So you never know where it could go. And so I'm kind of open in that sense. Mm. But as long as sort of right now, the the, the overarching mission and the values of the company are to sort of, you know, continue going in a certain direction.
1: So right now, um, you're sort of a one man band because you've actually started introducing other people, haven't you?
0: yeah so just started. so we've got um community manager social media mm. manager she she's really sick
1: so what's her role as a community so at the,
0: at the moment so like i was sort of yeah sort of trying to curate these new roles and sort of make templates make them easier for people because at the same time it's quite it's very difficult especially like if you don't have investment if you don't have if yeah. you can't put your own money into it um at the start and you're not actually bringing in revenue mm.
1: how
0: do you how do you bring someone on Without paying them,
1: yeah,
0: or like paying them immediately. Like what is
1: how do you motivate them to be exactly. like? Exactly. Please give up your time.
0: Exactly. So it's this. a very yeah, difficult thing, tough. right? Unless you co-founded it with people, like who are willing to kind of go through, you yeah. know, years.
1: there's always that question, like, what's in it for me?
0: Yeah, yeah. Which exactly. I think is a fair question. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. You have you know? to address. You've got it a bit. lot of
1: stuff on your plate. Like, yeah, what am I going to do?
0: Absolutely. This? And like when you're thinking about bringing someone on for for just a moment, they become your audience. You need to think of what am i doing for them yeah what are they going to get out of it mm-hmm. and so you know, obviously kind of giving like uh, equity or p- saying that you know you have um basically offering whatever you can right now and sort of also kind of giving explain to them the vision and where we want to take things so that if they want to come along for the ride and they would enjoy doing you know just being a part of it that's, a, yeah. that's another big thing uh, especially like <laughs> there's a lot of people who are very um altruistic that means like selfless right
1: yeah
0: i hope so um actually, yeah. make,
1: no, i think it, maybe,
0: it might mean the opposite yeah
1: let's just cut this bit out. yeah man. let's
0: put, let's cut that bit out <laughs> but they're very like almost selfless in the sense that they're willing to help out other people yeah or get sure. involved in medical education but also sometimes just have a bit of accreditation to say that oh look i've taught i've contributed i've learned a few skills yeah um so there's a lot of things to gain from that but so yeah so so the community manager social media manager essentially looks after the social handle uh, social media
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, is so, it all
1: social media or just like one platform at the it's moment just,
0: it was a kind of like the initial what I had in mind for the role has yeah. sort of changed and then I sort of um, actually now she has her own sort of um, her own little series so once a week it's called the create spotlight where we sort of highlight oh, nice. creators who we yeah. like, really like to watch.
1: Great idea. Um
0: and so like she can basically reach out to them, network yeah. with them, chat to them and say, you know, we're we'll gonna make a video about you, et cetera, et cetera. So
1: that in itself is kind of like loaded off the time from you as well because then she's doing one day a she's week. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. it is again to reach out to other people. Have that takes conversation, a lot. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think that's actually it's quite a nice thing to be able to reach out to and network with people on behalf of uh, like otherwise like if I were to randomly reach out to someone Who's quite I got a lot of following. They may they may be like sorry I've, I've not got time, but if you're saying something like can we invite you to something or can we make a video about you, we'll share something about you. They're more willing to kind of maybe mm. respond, and it's sometimes just nice to just be able to co- be the person contacting. And I them.
1: think I think having the creator spotlight is actually quite good as well because it's a good way to introduce other people yeah, yeah, into absolutely. into your company as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like just sort of share like you know have both our audiences sort of sort of merge in the middle and just see if there's any and I can
1: see how you're creating this community now. Yeah, like it? slowly
0: slowly trying to in- introduce sort of like new series as series. Um mm. but yeah, so currently I still do my series which I'm aiming for like close to 7 days a week. Yeah. I write it, edit yeah. it and I even upload it. It it you know like I said earlier like my, I don't have a big buffer at the moment it's kind of like I, I do it. And sometimes I edit I publish it straight away because I'm editing on the day
1: yeah
0: um so it wouldn't make sense for me to just send it over to someone else yeah so I still do that but now she sort of has her own series and okay. may respond to some comments I mean I, I log in quite every day essentially yeah. if I'm posting so if I see comments I might reply etc mm. etc
1: so um, are you looking for so you've got a community social manager yeah um is, is that the role? Yeah, social
0: yeah. media manager, social manager. And
1: are you looking for other roles at the moment?
0: Yeah, because so... it could be a very
1: good way and be like, hey, guys, if you're interested.
0: Yeah, depends on when this episode actually comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, true, um, true, true. No, yeah, so, like, th- I, I kind of... It w- ideally, it would, be ni- it would be nice to sort of, number one, find an editor. Mm-hmm. But, that, but that is a very tricky thing because you've got to be able to edit but also know how to edit medical education content. So editing well is one thing. It can't be too pricey because I feel you know like I I may I may not be able to afford it at that at this point in time. Yeah. But also they need to understand the the small like the nuances of mm. b- creating like taste for medical education. You got to get the tone right.
1: Yeah, and I think now that you've been editing in a certain style because yeah. you've edited, they've really got to match that. Otherwise, yeah. it might just yeah. And I think the dangerous part is if you're editing really important parts of mm. what you're saying. I mean, I could always could... just
0: sort of touch it up, but the thing is.
1: That's also going to take some time. Like it the is whole gonna point take
0: is to really get rid And of I end up microman- ma- micromanaging. micromanaging. So like, if I see something, I'm like, mm, I might as well. It might it be myself. hard to edit something that's already
1: been edited, as opposed to you doing it yourself. That's it. So that's the yeah. sort of
0: that's what I'm think- That's the sort of um, things I'm dealing with right now in terms mm. of. But I do really need to open up more time. Yeah. Because right now, like, to cr- I could make more videos and more frequently, or have better t- manage my time better. If I were to just focus on the scripting and mm. recording, and send it over, and then they do do all that, mm. and hopefully have someone to upload it, because if I, once I get on social media, I'm I'm there. I'm like I just end up being yeah. lost on the on the on the timeline. So ideally, I, I don't want to be even uploading my own videos. I'd rather someone else do it, so that I can mm. kind of like or even take a step back and just have a look at the analytics and stuff like that, and make decisions yeah. for the good of the overall company, mm. and also introduce other people to maybe hopefully create their own series. Yeah, um, maybe introduce bring in some people who can s- source videos from the community and share that that kind of align with our vision mm. to just kind of like build something bigger than just what we're producing in-house exactly. if that makes
1: sense. and i guess like the next bit to really touch up on and i think you know it is a really really big topic but i think it'll be good to just to kind of give our kind of like opinion and our thoughts about it and that is essentially the the end goal always is to try and find a way in which you can monetize i'm not saying that's the sole goal yeah but considering that you know you are giving so much time into making something that is valuable to so many people Mm. um what is like your thoughts about monetizing and like the approach and like is this something how do you plan on hippocampus in being able to be a profit making be
0: profit making yeah no it's 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 an interesting topic so
1: and you may um, not have the answers now that's the thing i think it would be very yeah. I no, like all the answers now yeah
0: it. I don't I don't have all the answers with regards to how we'd become mm. profitable yeah but obviously that's something that we sort of just have gotta figure out as we go along and just sort of have a plan mm. maybe we'd be a bit flexible but we, with regards to sort of the idea behind why we want to be yeah. profitable is like I, I know why exactly I, I want that to be the case which is I feel like if if you want something to kind of like survive on its own
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's got to be self-sustaining and like there's no such thing as sort of free money like if, no. even if you're sort of doing it as a social enterprise the money has to come from somewhere or someone has to pay with other the time energy effort money etc the best way to do things in my personal opinion or the best sort of balance is a sort of the sort of freemium model where yeah. you offer some stuff for free that that you know applies to the vast majority of your audience customers whatever and then there's obviously some people who a small percentage of those people who may even want extra, they want more, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're like your true fans, your super fans. <laughs> and you may, be a, you may be in a unique position to offer them something of value, which they feel like, okay, if I exchange my money for this, like, I feel like I would get yeah. a lot of value back. And so it's just about finding the right product for the right kind of people, once those people are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, you know, like that sort of concept, um, especially sort of in the medical sort of world, it's quite like debated that should yeah. we should we be charging people for yeah. m- things like medical education, and a lot of people have like very strong opinions on it. I have quite strong opinions on it, um, but the overarching sort of my mentality re- with regards to that is sort of it, if I'm going to be charging someone for education,
1: yeah,
0: as long as I don't have a monopoly. Mm-hmm. on that education for example if there's an exam that everyone has to pass to exactly a doctor, i was
1: just about to say that there's a difference between you know providing content and to get getting into medical school yeah and then providing content because of just education without yeah, yeah. that goal of getting to medical school exactly yeah that's another yeah.
0: topic um so firstly say for example if if there's an exam that you have to sit to get into medical school mm. and i'm the only one who can prepare you for that uh, test or whatever and that means i've got monopoly on that sort of Mm. then it almost becomes almost unethical
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you can argue it's unethical because i can put the price at one one k and everyone has to pay it. and that is not accessible to everyone if there's a free market which there is in regards to a lot of the medical resources that means that someone can charge 200 quid someone can do it for free may the best person win essentially yeah and then in that kind of environment you know you, some people will say, oh, why does this person have to charge £200? They're wrong for doing so. My personal opinion is that you can charge whatever you want. You
1: don't have to. You don't have
0: to. Yeah, you you don't you have don't. to buy it. You're not forced to buy it.
1: No.
0: Um, as long as it's not a necessity and there's other options available, mm. s- someone who wants to charge however much they want, they can. If it turns out to be a bad product and you don't like it, people will give it bad... They should give it a bad review. Yeah, they should give so, a bad To product. warn other people. You learn from your mistakes. You let the free market decide. Right? Yeah. Um, And that's something, like, obviously that's that's one topic the other point was what you said which was getting into medicine mm. kind of you're almost like people need to get through stuff but what we're what the services we probably provide is more about sort of getting experience in medicine so already off the bat we can say you don't need this no. to get into medical school
1: it is just to make it you an experience. aware exactly it's just it it's sort of
0: like a it's like a luxury almost a luxury experience where say for example like i will always use the example of for example lamborghini yeah so if somebody said, "Oh, why is a Lamborghini so expensive?" Mm. I was like, "Well, I need a car to drive." You could say, "You don't have to buy that car; you can buy yeah. another car to drive." Um, it doesn't mean that Lamborghinis shouldn't exist, and you know you don't go out and complain that Lamborghinis cost. Yeah. You understand that yeah. it's a luxury thing for people who want to it's buy that. Luxury. It's a luxury. Consider it valuable to them, yeah. and you know the concept that a lot of people. This kind of it's a very similar con- concept, but like mm. it even for me, it only clicked in like a year or two ago. Mm. Is that when any any time somebody buys. At any point, at the point where someone buys something, they have deemed the thing that they've bought more valuable than the money they've exchanged for it. Otherwise, the, the transaction wouldn't have happened. No,
1: for real.
0: Like, if I see coffee for five quid and I buy it, the reason why I bought it, I know what coffee is. I yeah. know it's a rip-off. You think it's worth... Yeah, at that point in time, or whatever, it's more valuable to me than yeah. the money. So yeah. then, you would make the transaction. If it's rubbish, then obviously you can complain and stuff afterwards. But at that point, that thing was more valuable to you, right? Um, and so my aim is to hopefully make products or services that are valuable to people where they feel like, you know, it's worth the money. Um, I know another thing is that sometimes unethical mar- marketing is another thing. So,
1: mm-hmm. for example,
0: if I were to, going back to that kind of example of mm. the, making, a, for example, an entrance exam course, mm. I think that you need this course yeah, to get that's in, the
1: thing.
0: then that's, that's kind of like, I don't yeah, agree with that. For sure, that's for un- sure. uneth- unethical marketing. Thing, yeah. Creating the feel that you, if you don't have this, you're going you're gonna to lose out.
1: Yeah, or if you don't have this, you're going to have poor health.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And, like, you don't need a monopoly to do that. No, anis- really anis- 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 a there are some people who do that. Mm. So staying away from that and staying away from having a monopoly on something, you, you know, basically create the best product you can. And monetizing a product or service allows you to build better products and services. Exactly.
1: So I feel like when you are offering that that um, option of, like, you know, pay for this thing, yeah. I think what it's a two-way street. I think if I think you're doing a really, really good job in providing value in not only in my life, but in so many other people's lives, then I would like to invest in that and, yeah, yeah. and also help you be bigger. If if my two cents can help you yeah. expand and make even better products from your already existing yeah, good yeah. products then I feel like I've, I've contributed into that. And I've mm. also provided you feedback and how you could probably improve. And, or, you know, for example, like nowadays in social media, you get, the, the beauty of it is you get direct feedback, mm. right? You've got people commenting on your content. You've got people DMing you, all of that stuff. And yeah. so many people must have suggested so far, can you do a video on this condition? Or can you do a video on that condition? Yeah, yeah. Or they might ask you some questions down in the comments saying, mm. oh, you know, I've heard about this condition. Is it true that this and this and this? Yeah, yeah. And you start engaging in online conversation and, basically an online kind of mm. debate about just learning really yeah. isn't it like a classroom yeah. kind of picture online so i think it's it, a two-way street and people forget that
0: yeah and like say for example if i wanted to bring the best teachers the best you need money you need money. You need to you need to incentivize other people like later down the yeah. line like if i like hopefully have courses and stuff i would like to bring in talent i would like to bring in editors i would like to, expertise i would like to pay them for their hard work i'd like mm. to be generous with like you know I, I want them to think that look this is not only some, uh, a company or a, a platform which
1: yeah
0: does the best for a viewer, but also does the best for the people within it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, ideally, if, if I could right now, I'd love to uh, um, bring on people with different roles and pay them very generously to make them mm. think, wow, this is, like, not only is this is fun work, but
1: yeah. I'm
0: getting remunerated for it yeah. quite well.
1: But also, one of the big potential about Hippocampus is that if people do start investing in Hippocampus, yeah. you've got a really good opportunity in trying to bring on people for example like specialist senior consultants yeah. for example because obviously there are so many people who you know aren't lucky enough to be able to get a consultation from from the top top people in yeah, their yeah. in their specialty you know so if you can you know somehow for example get i don't know a really top cardiologist in the mm. UK who's who's done so many studies and audits and stuff if if you having more money can mean that they can even provide exactly. at least half an hour of their time to say something that's really really life-changing for people yeah. then you're already improving your accessibility yeah, yeah. aren't you?
0: and people need to understand that like when I, if i say for example if i wanted to bring that cardiologist on board or a good cardiologist for example in that situation for i have to drop every,
1: yeah.
0: everything for a moment and think what do you, what does that person want
1: yeah
0: and a lot of the time you know it's not just enough to be like oh you know just can you do it for free no you, know, you have to you have to be a respect their time and be you know understand that for them, like a lot of time, isn't money like they could be doing something else, which is bringing. life. Uh, exactly. So you have to be. You have to put. You have to bring something to the table. Yeah. And so monetizing basically helps you with that. It's so so there's a, there's a saying even in that business which is, mm. like, um, profits like basically, uh, sales like basically uh, solve all problems sort of thing, mm. which is true. Like, if you look at half the top companies right now, they're not even profitable. But once they hit profitability and they have yeah. got good margins and you be, it's self sustaining. Mm it means that your project will survive. Like, I don't want to create something which I don't have the time to do later on because I can't, I'm doing it for free and I'm losing out money and, uh, you know, everyone else who's contributing, they can't afford it because, you know, they're not getting paid from it. That's not a situation that I want to be in. I want it to be in a position where, you know, both our team, the company is benefiting, but also the audience are benefiting from something, you know, that is mutually sort of, Mm. um, there's a a value exchange there, which is, people are happy with mm. and there's a lot of companies out there who do that like very well and that's that's the ideal that's what i would like to yeah. sort of info
1: and i think like as well as like the you know so many people in the public wanting to be a part of hippocampus i can also see it working the other way where i think a lot of clinicians who might not really understand the worlds of that like, mm. social media and all of that stuff like they i can see them really seeing hippocampus as a place where they might want to get involved and being like hey like i've actually got really like cool stuff that i want to share yeah, and yeah. like because you know i think people think that the public don't have good access to doctors but actually often a lot of doctors feel like they don't have good access to the public yeah. you know because they know that they don't, you know no one really reads like you know articles and publications and stuff and like the only thing that the public go by is what the nhs post yeah, on their yeah, website yeah. and stuff and yeah. sometimes that you know that is just really the, the basic knowledge yeah. so i think a lot of clinicians might want to see hippocampus as a place where they're like you know be approachable enough to be like can i also share my two cents so, yeah exactly
0: that that would be like uh, ideal like a uh, I mean, there's so many ways it can go. It's just like but a middle
1: kind of platform, Yeah, it?
0: but, so like, but it's such early stages now. It's yeah. only been like, actually, how long has it been? It's been like maybe just mm. a, a month, just under a month.
1: Very early. Um,
0: but like already, there's almost like 40 videos up. 40 is, videos in
1: a month? Like, maybe, I can't imagine what's been like six
0: months. No, it's been less than one yeah. one, a day, one a day, but it has been quite a lot. Um, like, you know, taking baby steps. S- yeah. Slowly starting to grow. So, yeah, well, hopefully we'll be able to check mm. in like down the road
1: well i'm Let's definitely excited so i think it'll be good and so far it's just great it's really really good thanks, thanks. um you've been, a, yeah. you've
0: been a big help as well you you're
1: gotta welcome. give her the shout out you're welcome i actually um did a hip logo um which she, she i did, thought was quite she did good did a mock-up
0: logo which yeah. was, which was pretty i'm sorry good. but I, I
1: think your current logo wouldn't have been anything without my mock-up one um I <laughs> the think... mock-up
0: was the inspiration <laughs> yeah, i was like <laughs> i don't want it to look like this <laughs> no joking no was sick.
1: um i think i'll just use that for for, for maybe if i want to if I want to do you know a parody, hippocampus. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Honestly. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing um everything about hippocampus. No, you're welcome.
0: And uh, then, um, yeah, this is a very, very me focused uh, yeah. <laughs> podcast, but this is
1: what it's all about. I think it's about I sharing think. like what we're actually currently doing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah um, and sharing it in real time because you know, yeah. we're at the early stage of hippocampus, and hopefully, in the future, when we do more seasons. We'll look mm. back and just see like, oh my god, do you remember that time in the first season when you only had like forty videos and
0: yeah, you know. But and, um, and I think it's it's good that like, at the moment we've we've got multiple s- sort of projects that we're all working mm-hmm. on. That means we have like skin in the game. Like we we're talking about the active yeah actually doing something as opposed to just saying you know we don't want to just be commentating on what mm. it might be like to do something, but yeah. like we're actively working on stuff as well. Yeah, which I think mm. it helps. It definitely helps because it's all it's, like, we're sort of time stamping our our role
1: mm.
0: in that journey. So Definitely. like you can always look back at it, like maybe a few weeks down the line, we'll be like, oh, I was completely wrong. Or, like i changed exactly. my mind.
1: Exactly. Um, and I think just hearing like your journey from it and like your thought process, like for, for me, I don't know about everyone else, well, I hope for everyone else too, mm. it's, it's made it seem like less daunting yeah. um, to start something up because it is scary to do things on your own mm. um, with limited resources and limited time. Yeah. But I think you, you really help dissect like so kind of like just a systematic way mm. in, you know, just doing little things at little times that can make
0: a very very yeah big product and like also that you don't have to have everything figured out. Like I don't have everything figured out. I mean, it's, it's pretty evident that like you, I'm still pretty flexible. You know, I don't have a big team. That you know, I've made mistakes. Mm. Um, I've not even kept a schedule like I would like to. But you you just you slowly t- you take each day as it comes. Yeah. Uh, you take baby steps and yeah. slowly next thing you know, like a few months in, you might see that oh, you 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 know you you've done a a decent amount. You should be like kind of proud of yeah. it. Yeah. And it's yeah. definitely
1: a good example of how you can combine medicine with art because I think there's still a lot of debate about mm. that stuff. But I think, yeah, nowadays, like it is possible to combine the both. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's the best combination to deliver like the best medical education. Yeah. So we're all excited and thank we can't you, thank wait you. to see how it goes. I'll so, be, yeah, should we conclude yeah, go this for it. episode? Um.
0: Next, what's the next episode? I don't reckon we need to dig into. Your social enterprise?
1: Yes, well, hopefully by then it'll be a bit more developed. Shout out to Scully on it. <laughs> yeah. Um That'll be for the next season. You got to bring
0: the t-shirts. Yeah, I'll bring
1: the t-shirts. Bring the t-shirts. Um, yeah. the t-shirts are pretty cool. Well, I designed it myself. Um Just maybe, saying. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> New clothing line coming through. <laughs> Anyways, cool. Thank you so much for listening to um, the end of this season, and thank you first of all for sharing. Are we finished the season? Have
0: we? I feel like. Um, oh,
1: is there one more? I feel like we. Okay, well, I just, okay, just. It may
0: be the end of the season. It yeah. may not be, but <laughs> basically, where I think we've we're coming to, we're coming towards the end of sort of wrapping up the first season of this uh, this podcast mm-hmm. let us let us know like if you have any questions about sort of you know the topics that we mentioned today I think we've even been discussing like uh introducing a sort of Q a sort mm-hmm. of thing so that yeah. some, so that we can interact with you guys so that if you have any questions or if you want to uh, you know so, so some way that we can actually communi- communicate yeah. about um, with, with each other and
1: we'll read your questions and Essentially, try to answer them. Really, yeah, we'd
0: we do our best, but like, yeah, just obviously we don't know everything, but we're still like yeah. figuring out. In the
1: uh, we are figuring it out, and we are just trying to make it.
0: Oh <laughs> god, I, I knew that was coming. <sighs> oh,
1: god, I can't help At it. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry. Anyway, no, thank you praying. guys, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Peace. That been quite long. My
0: belly was grumbling.
1: Are you literally.
0: About yours, my, belly was my
1: sounds. I, I was like,